Thank you for joining us as we study God's Word together. We'd love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org contact to introduce yourself today. Over the last several weeks, we've been going through a sermon series, Assembly Required. Uh, and I love the way that God operates and works. Uh, about a year ago, some of our campus pastors, some of our executive, uh, senior executive pastors gathered together and they prayed and they sought the Lord and they said, what is it that we should lead our church in a year from now? Let's think about that for a moment. Last summer, nobody knew that COVID-19 was going to happen. Nobody knew that the church would be quarantined for four months. Nobody knew that this uh, reality that we live in now would be here. Yet, God in his sovereignty said, this is what I desire for you to share with my church. This is what I want you to share with the people who are followers of me and the people who don't yet know me but will be a part of what I do through your church. I want you to go through this sermon series. I want you to go through the book of Psalms. And I want you to see how I have given you instruction to operate and how to be as a follower of me but also as a church. And so... That's what the sermon series has been. It's been all about how do we as a church function. Now, I, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes when I'm about to do a project or I see the need to do something, I just jump straight in and just kind of figure it out as I go. Now, I'm married. I've been happily married for 13, 14 years of, oh gosh, i got to figure out what that is. Uh, she comes to the second service. Um, but uh, if you're watching online, hi. Um, so... <laughs> Um, but sometimes what, what I end up doing is I'll jump into a project and I don't look at instructions. Does anybody like that here, right? Sometimes I just don't look at instructions. Sometimes I just jump straight in and like, all right, I'll figure this out as I go, right? One of the new things I just love, okay, is that as I'm finding myself super frustrated because I'm trying to do a project, I'm trying to repair something, and I find myself completely frustrated, like, why in the world is this not working, Somebody said, hey, have you checked out YouTube? And you can type in pretty much anything into YouTube, and you can figure out how to fix pretty much anything based off of YouTube. Now, whether or not you actually do a good job, that's a whole nother deal. But there's so many avenues and possibilities for us to have instruction, to have guidance on how to do something. Maybe it's a project. But sometimes our problem is that we don't stop, we don't go to the right sources, Right? We don't stop. We don't say, hey, who is it that I need to talk to? Where is it that I need to go to find some direction and guidance on how to do this thing? The church itself, the church, was not an idea brought up by some entrepreneur. The church was not something that was created to meet a deficit in the life of people. The church was not something that a person was like, oh, you know what would be really cool? I know there's a lot of us that kind of believe the same thing. We should all just like hang out together. It'd be a really cool thing. We could like sing some cool songs and be a cool thing, right? The church was designed. The church was created. The church has an intentionality behind it, and it's given uh, by God. God says, this church, this local church, this is going to be my tool. This is going to be my vehicle. This is going to be my vessel through which my gospel message, my good news message that I love my creation and I'm going to send them my son because I love them so much. This tool, this church is going to be used to do that. 
Think about that for a moment. Have we ever stopped to think who actually created the church? And what was its actual purpose? Now, I want to encourage you, if you haven't, over the last several weeks, go online. You can go on podcasts. You can look. Um, you can also see some of the videos online. But go back and watch the last couple of weeks' sermons as we've gone through Assembly Required. You're going to hear lots of different things that we see from the Scripture, what the church was designed and uh, detailed to do. We're, we're, we're supposed to gather together to sing songs of praise and, and joy for all that God has done in our life. We're supposed to gather together to hear from him, to look at his word, which is this book right here, the Bible. We're supposed to gather together and hear from him to see what it is that he has to say for us. We're also supposed to gather together to confess our sins to one another, to have community with other believers in Christ. That doesn't mean you walk in with like, hey, here's my sins this week. I'm going to put them on my shirt, right? It, but it does mean you have a place where you go and you see other brothers and sisters in Christ and you say, hey, can, can, we, can we step off to the side for a minute? Can we pray? I need to share some things with you. I need some encouragement. Can we have a, a, a few moments to talk? For me, I, I work really well in seeing how things aren't supposed to be. Right? I'm that, I have that personality, that disposition to kind of pick through all of the holes in a person, in a situation, in a job proposal, in all these different things. And sometimes for me, it helps me understand more clearly what the reality of something should be. So the church, what shouldn't the church be? The church shouldn't be your entertainment venue for the week. The church shouldn't be your social event for your week. Sunday morning gathering together shouldn't be your one and, one and a half, maybe, you know, one and a half hour experience of hearing from God for your whole week. The church is meant, the church is designed, the church is set up to be so much more. So is it a place for you where you come and you hear instruction from the, from the, from the Lord? Is it a place for you where you come and you sing songs of thanksgiving for all that God has done? Is it a place where you come and sing songs of lament because you recognize the pain I have from this week? I want to, I want to praise God in the midst of it and thank him for his steadfastness in my life. Or maybe the church, the Sunday morning experience, maybe it's you coming to check out who all these Christ followers really are. Maybe your neighbor invited you to show up. Maybe a coworker, maybe the random person in the grocery store or at the restaurant invited you to come to church. And you're here right now this morning. Maybe you're online watching us because you've heard about Woodside Bible Church Lake Orion and you're like, I wanna see what this place is about. I wanna see who these people really are. And if that's you, thank you for being here. What a wonderful testimony to have you here with us today. And our hope and our prayer is that everything we do, whether it be the songs that we sing, whether it be this time of message of, of preaching where we present to you, proclaim to you who Jesus is and what he's done, whether it be through the interactions you have with a person at the front door or on your way out, may your experience this morning in person or online help you to understand more of who God is. Because Brothers and sisters in Christ, the church is not just about you. The church is a tool, it's an avenue, it's a method that God has designed to advance his kingdom in this world. 
And you and I, by his grace and his mercy, get to be a part of that. Now, we got to think about some things. One of the things that we're going to look at is how when we gather together, we're supposed to gather together to testify about God's deliverance. That's what we see in Psalm 40. We see in this Psalm, David talk about all the different ways that God had delivered him and how God had delivered the nation of Israel. And that's what we're going to gather together to celebrate and to testify about. Now, testify. What is this word testify, right? If, if you're like me, you think of this mental uh, snapshot of like you're in a courtroom, right? And uh, somebody is testifying about something that has happened, right? To testify, I mean, that's what it is. It's you're reiterating truth about something, right? You're iterating truth about something that has happened, about someone, you are a witness of something or some time, whatever it may be. To testify is you are just retelling or recounting and you're giving uh, witness to what has already happened and occurred and what you believe. Now, I don't know if you know this, but you and I testify to things that we believe and value each and every single day of our life. Each and every single day of our life. Kids, you testify to your parents on a daily basis what you think of them, right? The parents that are trying to drag their kid, literally there was a dad, no, I'm not going to call anybody out, a, a, a dad kind of pulling their kid along this morning to say, come on, she just woke up, we got to get into church, Right? Right? Our kids testify by their actions, by their words, by the things that they value. What, it helps us understand what they believe. As adults, we have the same thing. It's even more extensive. You testify your beliefs and the things that you value by the way that you live your life, by what you put on social media, by the way that you respond to people on social media. You testify to people by the way that you dress. You testify to people by the way that you carry yourself. You testify to people by the way that you, I mean, you can just kind of go down this list. Whatever it is that people can see about you from the outside looking in, people make judgment calls on who you are. That's not necessarily a negative thing. It's just a reality of life. Perception is a very key thing in our life. So what is it that if somebody's watching you, if somebody's looking at you, what is it that they would say, this is who this person is, without ever talking to them, without ever talking to them, this is who this person is. The same thing applies to the church. When people are on the outside looking in, what we do as a church body testifies what we value, testifies what we believe, testifies who we actually worship. And it should be a challenge for us. What are we testifying about as a church? What are we testifying about? The Psalms, the book of Psalms itself, is one of those poetry books that just testifies so much about who God is. It speaks to how he operates. It speaks to the attributes of who he is. It speaks to what he has done. It gives us these beautiful and majestic descriptions of who God is. And most of them were written by a guy named David. We've talked about this before. David was a king. He was the king of Israel. David was not your picture-perfect, crisp, clean, squeaky-clean individual, right? If you know anything about him. He was a faithful follower of God. 
He was a faithful um, uh, worshiper of God. He was a noble man who led others to know who God was. He led the physical kingdom of God, the nation of Israel. He helped expand that through his efforts and work at the direction of God. He listened to God. He worshiped God. And he was also a liar and a murderer and an adulterer. How many of us can identify with David? Here's this man who pursues after God. Here's this man who tries to have his whole life embodied by worshiping God the Father. Yet there are these moments in his life where he does completely the opposite thing. We talked a little bit about that last week and in, in the week prior. He goes completely the opposite way. To an outside world, that would be described as somebody being a hypocrite. Everybody say hypocrite. So was David a hypocrite? I think the only way that we could say that he was would be if, if we didn't have some of these Psalms like Psalm 51 or even this Psalm, Psalm 40. I confess to you, God, my iniquity. I confess to you my sin. Please create in me a new heart. Renew my mind. Give me a new steadfast spirit. I see my sin. It's ever before me. God, I recognize who I am. I recognize my sin. Please, God, have mercy on me. Help me to repent. Help me not to choose this way of life anymore. The reason why David's not seen as a hypocrite is because he owned his consequences and he owned his sin, even being a follower of God. Church. That's what we're called to as well, as a follower of Christ. We know who Jesus is as a follower of Christ. We also know and recognize that we are sinful people in our hearts. And we need Jesus. So Psalm 40, a testimony about God's deliverance. And that's what we're going to kind of see this morning. So I want to invite you, if you don't already have your Bible open, go ahead, open it up to Psalm chapter 40. Um, if you have a physical Bible with you or if you're at home and you can grab paper, make sure to get some uh, note-taking things because I want you guys to take some good notes this morning. We're going to look at these beautiful descriptions of who God is, and we're also going to look at these beautiful descriptions of what we are called to do as followers of him. So Psalm 40, first, we see that David, he testifies for all to hear that God is our rock. Josh, a few moments ago, just beautifully led us to kind of get to this place in our mind. God is our rock. He's this firm and stable place. Look at this. I want to show you some other places in scripture. Um, Psalm 40 verse 2 says, he drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and he set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. David really likes to describe God with this visual of him being a rock. Look at this, Psalm 18, verse 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. You need some encouragement? You need something firm to hold on to this week when you go through rough times? Write down Psalm 18, verse 2. All right, Psalm 62, verse 2. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. This makes me think of growing up in church. Almighty, oh, mighty fortress. Y'all can sting it in your head if you want, right? Psalm 92, 
verse 15, to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there's no unrighteousness in him. If you don't have a picture of a rock in your mind yet, catch up, okay? Catch up. Kids, this is what I want you to do right now, kiddos that are in the room. Get a piece of paper, right? Have your parents help you if you need to. But I want you to take that piece of paper, take a pencil or crayon, and I want you to color or draw a big rock. I don't know about you. I didn't do very good in art. I got a D in it, I think, uh, for my final grade. It was really bad. Uh, But draw a picture of a rock. And then if you're like me, I'm not artistic. I just draw stick people. And draw a stick person on top of the rock. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are that stick person standing on top of a rock. Adults, if you need to draw that picture to remind you this week, be sure to do that too. You're a stick figure on top of a rock. In a little bit, we're gonna fill in inside the rock, inside that space, we're gonna fill in what it is that we actually stand upon. So, a good question for us to consider. How do we, how do you and I, how are we communicating to people what it is that we stand on? How do we show people that God truly is our rock? How do we testify to that? And if God really is our rock, how do we testify that in the bad times, but also the good times? I think it's really easy for all of us to testify that God is my rock. I'm getting through this pain. I'm getting through this loss. I'm getting through COVID-19. I'm getting through all these things because, man, God's my rock, and it's so good, and things are, yeah, God, I know I can trust you. I believe in you. You're steady. Like, I'm going to turn to you. We hear that a lot. But what about the time over here? Yeah, I'm standing on God my rock as my revenue is skyrocketing because I bought shares in mask production. Uh, I, my, uh, my revenue is just out the roof. Uh, my relationships are golden. I have so much stuff. Things are going so well. Every, everybody says yes to me. It's an amazing thing. Nothing's wrong in my life. My kids are going back to school. Hallelujah, right? Like all of these things that are really, really good, do we testify in those moments that God is still our rock? Or is God only our rock when things are really not fun in life? Challenge yourself with that. How have I communicated to people around me that God is my rock in these bad times, but also in these good times? We have a watching world that's looking at us. How is the church responding? How are these Christ followers responding. We need to be testifying to this watching world. And the reason why is because, I don't know if you know this, but some people's perceptions of people who follow Jesus are that you're an emotionally needy person that needs to have some superior being to help you feel validated and have self-esteem in your life because in normal society, you wouldn't. Does that kind of irritate you a little bit? Does it make you feel a little uncomfortable? Like, wow, he just said that, and it's online now too? Sometimes that's the way that the world watches you. That's the way that the world thinks about followers of Jesus. And if all we ever do 
is talk about God being our rock in these terrible, terrible, terrible times, who can blame him? If all we ever do is talk about why we follow Jesus because he gets me out of these miry pits because he, he just delivers me from these terrible, terrible things of life, that's not the full picture of the gospel. That's not the full picture of who God is. Be challenged by that, church. I'm challenged by it. What's been coming out of my mouth? How have my actions shown this to my neighbors? How do my actions show it to my kids who are always watching me, right? We need to be testifying to a watching world also that God multiplies his favor. So as we stand on this rock, as we are standing on this firm place where our feet do not move, where regardless of the weather, regardless of storms of life, regardless of good and bad, we are consistently staying on this place, right? Uh, we need to remember what it is we're actually standing on. So kids, if you drew that little rock or adults, if you drew the rock, I want you to kind of pay attention. We'll have some of the words up on the screen, but I want you to hear from David some of the things that God did to show him favor. Listen to this, right? Uh, it says, he inclined to me. He heard me. He drew me up. He set my feet. He put a new song in me. He gave me an open ear. He delivered. He's faithful. He gives salvation. His love is steadfast. He gave mercy. His love is steadfast again. His faithfulness preserves me again. He takes thought of me and he is my help. Amen. Hallelujah. The sermon's done. You can go home now. Right? 17 verses and all of these things about who God is is packed into those 17 verses. All of these things speak to a, a, a world that's watching and is in need of hope in this time of our history. And it's not just because of COVID-19. Josh mentioned Lebanon earlier, Beirut, right? The reason why we want to pray and help our brothers and sisters in Christ over there is because right now is an opportunity God is my rock in these horrible times, in these horrible moments, absolutely. But for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are over there right now, I guarantee you what they're thinking and what they're seeing is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to go to their neighbors, to go to the people that, they're, that they uh, associate with, an opportunity to go to their coworkers and say, this is a painful, horrible time and we are weeping and mourning with you. And let us show you how we're able to have hope in this moment because God is inclining his ear to me. Because a lot of the people, their neighbors, their friends, their social circles, the country that they live in, the predominant religion has this view that their God is distant and far and unreachable and you are not allowed to speak to him unless you do all of these different things to be accepted. What an opportunity the church has right now to say our God is our rock. We are testifying to that. He is our deliverer. And we are weeping and mourning with you in this place. But we also want to show you the hope that you can have because our God inclines his ear to those who are in need. Our God can listen to you. Our God is a helper and our God will deliver you if you would but listen to what he's saying. That's why we want you to pray for Lebanon. That's why we want you to give to the critical needs fund because that fund, what that does is it frees up 
are missionaries that are over there, and it frees them up to be able to do the work of ministry for the sake of advancing the gospel forward. Yes, they're gonna meet tangible needs. Yes, they're gonna help people with food. Yes, they're gonna do all these things. But none of that matters in comparison to the gospel of God, the good news of Jesus Christ going out into a world, into a place that has not heard it. You get to be a part of that as the local church body. You get to testify that you care about the advancement of God's kingdom. So what is this rock that we stand on, right? We have our picture, we're a stick figure on top of this open space. What is it? It's all of those things that were listed there in Psalm 40. If you wanna give yourself a challenge, if you wanna give yourself uh, homework or some kind of study direction, uh, adults or even teenagers too, right? If you, wanna, if you wanna give yourself a challenge, give yourself two weeks to go through Psalm 1 all the way through to Psalm 40 and write down every adjective. Let's hope we all remember what adjectives are. Write down everything that describes who God is and what God has done. And I promise you, your perspective of life will start to change. There's an old saying, out of sight, out of mind, right? Out of sight, out of mind. What we really need to do is we need to like invert that and say, in our sight and in our mind. In our sight and in our mind. Oftentimes, people who walk around with a very negative view of life don't just get there because they're naturally predisposed to it. Sometimes they, they kind of feed the beast, right? Think about Cookie Monster, right? Cookie Monster, all he ever wanted to do was eat cookies, right? All the time. Give me cookies, 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 right? When you're predisposed to seeing negative things in life, negative stuff that you see is just kind of like a cookie. You're just like, I just want to eat it. I want to eat it. Where do we see negative stuff in life? The news, right? Social media. Hopefully this is not a negative experience for you if you're on social media today, right? But social media, right? You wanna talk about getting down in, in despair? Just go on social media and scroll and you will see video after video after video after news article, after rants, after everything of how negative things are in our world right now. You know what that does to you psychologically? It puts a lens and a filter on your mind so that when you walk around, you're gonna see somebody, you're gonna see a situation, you're gonna hear something, and you're immediately gonna go to this super negative place. Oh my gosh, this is, this is really real, this is really happening, oh my gosh. <sighs> Pastor, can you pray for me? Because people out in the world are just crazy, and I just don't know what to do. I think I'm just gonna stay in my home because I can't trust anybody, and I'm only gonna watch one news network because they're the only real ones. Y'all know what I'm talking about. As followers of Jesus, we're not meant to hide. We're not meant to cower behind the walls of our house. We're not meant to come here on Sunday morning and just be together and pretend like life is all out there, but in here we're all really good. That's not what we're called to be. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're meant to be part of this body of the church. 
And this church is meant to be on mission, meaning it's meant to be going out and doing things with people who don't yet know about why we all get together and gather. That's what we're called to do as followers of Christ. So if we want to change the way that we see the world, if we want to change the way that we see interactions with people uh, in our workplaces, in the neighborhood, when we're shopping, wherever it may be, we need to be putting our thoughts, our sights on the right things. So if you do that homework and you see all these goodness, these good things of who Jesus is, these good things of who God is and what he has done, it will change your sight, your, your, uh, uh, your sight to be able to think through a different way. We need to pray that we would also be people that would testify. We need to be praying that God would keep us testifying about him. Again, all those things that we see listed there in Psalm 40, all the favor that we see God do, the favor notice is not these tangible expressions of his love for us, right? Meaning, God gave me a six-figure job. God gave me an F-350 hunter green with uh, King Lariat uh, leather on the inside, right? God, <laughs> uh, like, it's not all these tangible, materialistic things that God has given his favor. It's his faithfulness. It's his love. It's his mercy. It's his help. It's his salvation. It's the fact that he's leaning in, waiting to hear us speak to him. We want to be testifying to that, and we want to show people around us and tell people around us, this is who the God is that we stand on. Here's the rock that we stand on. So what are we supposed to be do, doing when we gather together on Sunday mornings? We're supposed to be testifying about God's deliverance in our life. If you're a follower of Jesus, you should know what it is that God's delivered you from. think about, this is going to be revealing, right? Think about that one sin that you confessed to him this week. We'll just start with one. I've got a lot more, right? Let's start with one. Think about that one sin that you confessed to God in prayer, where you said, God, I confess to you blank. Please forgive me. Have mercy on me. Help me to repent, to turn away from that this week. Think of that one thing. That one sin is what Jesus went and died on the cross for. He knew Alex this week would be selfish with his time. He knew Alex would get frustrated with his family because they were impeding and encroaching on his time. And he would lash out in anger. Jesus knew while he was hanging on that cross, God, Father, he's not perfect. He has anger. He has selfishness about him. God, don't discipline him, but instead put your discipline on me as I hang here on this cross. And may I carry the weight of that. May I carry his discipline and his judgment. That's what Jesus did for me on the cross. And that is what Jesus does for you on the cross. He delivers you from the sin that comes out in your life. He delivers you from the judgment that you deserve for your sin. And Jesus says, I am the only one that can do this. 
God sent me here. I am his son. I am, I am the I am. And I will take all of your judgment, all of your sins, I'll put them on my shoulder so that you, Alex, so that you, those of you who are sitting here in the room and those of you who are watching online, so that you might be able to have a right relationship with God the Father today and for all eternity. And let me remind you, his love is steadfast. He is faithful. He desires to preserve you. He desires to come to your aid. He desires to talk with you and to listen to you. Even when you sin like King David sinned, the king of Israel who murdered somebody, who committed adultery with somebody, even this king, God still has a relationship with him. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't get to suffer consequences. It doesn't mean that you don't uh, have to own the fact that your sin produces consequences. And church, this is why we gather together. We confess those sins and then we testify, God delivered me from this place. God delivered me from the sin. God delivered me from the uh, 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 penalty of my sin. God has delivered us. Let's sing songs of praise and thanksgiving. Let me look at a brother and sister in Christ and recognize even if they look different than me, even if they come from a different town than I do, we are connected because we are both brothers and sisters in Christ. And their sin is no different than my sin. And I will love them and I will encourage them and I will comfort them as best as I'm able to. We talk a lot about being together here on Sunday mornings. We talk a lot about uh, being together in smaller groups of people during the week. And the reason for that, again, is not so that you have a friend group. It's not so that you have a social avenue or a social event on your calendar. That's not the reason why we have those things. The reason why we have those things is so that you can be together with a brother and sister in Christ who can encourage you, challenge you, rebuke you, love you, comfort you, have fun with you. But so that to, and together you go on mission and you talk about God's goodness. You talk about God's deliverance. You sing praises of who he is and you help people who don't yet know Jesus to see a picture of what he offers. To hear and see testimony of what God has done in your life. August 30th, we're gonna do a, a lake baptism. You can come talk to us later after the service if you're interested in that. The whole point of doing that, again, is to testify of God's deliverance of someone in their heart. It's to testify that God has uh, saved that person. And the baptism act is a symbol to show this is what has happened in my life already, and I want people to see and know about it. I wanna take pictures, I wanna share it on social media, I wanna change the negativity that you see everywhere. And I want people to see and recognize that this is who I testify to. So church, may we always be a church that testifies to God's deliverance. May we always be a church that testifies to who God is based off of his word, amen? And may you, individual follower of Jesus, be challenged on a daily basis. Do I know where I stand? Am I standing on that rock? And do I really know what it is I'm standing upon? Do I need to be reminded of that? Do I need to look at that? Father, help me. 
Thank you for joining us as we study God's Word together. We'd love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org contact to introduce yourself today.